0: Welcome to It's Personal, Not Just Business with your host, Michael Fliegelman. In each episode, you'll learn lessons from other successful financial advisors and brokers. You can find this show on YouTube, LinkedIn, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and on swanwealth.com. Now here's the host of It's Personal, Not Just Business, Michael Flegelman.
1: Hi, welcome, everybody. Um, today, we have the one and only Mr. Brian Kaderna, Certified Financial Planning, joining us in our session on It's Personal, Not Just Business. And I'm um, very excited to have Brian join us. Welcome,
0: Brian. Yeah, thank you for having me, Michael. I'm excited for our conversation. Terrific.
1: Brian, share with us a little bit about your background, your journey. What led you to where you are today, where you're a successful financial planner? You've authored numerous books on the economy and financial planning. Share with us your journey and how you got to where you are today.
0: Yep. Yeah. So I'll summarize the best I can. Um, you know, long story short, it was in college. I was interviewing, looking for a job. Um, I, funny, the way it started, I actually had an interview with the DEA with the drug enforcement agency, and wow. I was a just general business major. I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do yet. This was at the college of New Jersey. And so I was general business with a focus in marketing. And I meet with the guy the, the agent from the DEA, and he says, listen, we're all about following money. We always want to find the bad guys by following the money. So he said, go get a degree in finance or accounting, and then we'll talk. So I leave that interview. Um, I go to the registrar's office at, at the College of New Jersey, and uh, I run in there, and I was like, I hate accounting, so that's out. Uh, but I went right in, and I said, all right, I'm going to switch my major to finance, and you know, went on my way with that, switched my major. And then a year later, I actually had a good uh, internship opportunity with a wealth management firm. And so I took that for the summer. Um, in the summer, I was lifeguarding. I was uh, bouncing at a club called The Headliner, uh, you know, that I'm sure folks by the Jersey Shore would know. And so I said, hey, I could fit in this internship. And that was that. I, I took it. Um, I love the idea of being an entrepreneur, building my own business, still getting to go out and, and teach pe- people, coach people, on you know, how to manage their money and take care of themselves and their families. And uh, it it just kind of all worked out from there. You know, had a lot of ups and downs, obviously, um, but that's how I got into the world of finance. And and then I just grew that and always had a passion for writing. And so eventually I was able to kind of merge, you know, my business with my passion for writing into these books and um, just kind of went along for the ride from there. Wow. So whatever happened with the DEA, you know, did you go back to them and
1: and say, you know, well, you referred me into the kind of financial find them, follow the money. And now I want to be in the money business, not the DEA. huh?
0: Yeah, I know. It's pretty crazy. You know, that that was always in the back of my head. Like I always thought even younger, like in high school, hey, maybe I'll get into law enforcement, um, you know, maybe go into the FBI or something, had some family that kind of were in that world. Uh, so that was always an idea. And even after that interview that was kind of like put on the back burner, I kept the idea open. You know, I went to um there was like another seminar that I think it was the ATF did, um alcohol, tobacco, and firearms. And and it was similar. Um, sure. and I really liked it, but I had already accepted this internship. And then once I went in there, I was like, hey, this is it. Like, I got a job when I get out of college. And I like what I'm doing right now. I, you know, the sky's the limit. And so I just moved on from there. And I never, I honestly never looked back.
1: It's so interesting how, you know, people arrive in this industry. You mm-hmm. know, um, it was because of some other industry telling you to learn about money. It's amazing how we don't teach it in school. You know, yeah. maybe your next book will be, you know, financial planning for dummies or something, you know, so that more people are taught about savings and good financial habits, um, because it's just something not part of the curriculum.
0: Yeah. And it it blows my mind, honestly, like there's so many of us out there, you know, us financial advisors, and there's a thousand times more commentary on finance, you know, from the, the 24 seven business channels, the blogs, the podcasts, and, Uh, You would think like, how does anyone struggle with this? There's so much. But I think that's a part of the problem is there is so much and people get confused and and then they look for shortcuts or they get away from just good old common sense and habits. And um, that's where I think things kind of go south sometimes
1: absolutely too many too many cooks in the kitchen Too many voices in our head we got our brother-in-law our cousin uh susie ormond dave ramsey and all these experts that sometimes are well-intentioned or sometimes just trying to sell their their books or magazines or whatever it may be Mm -hmm. but you know what what triggered me to um want to engage with you on our podcast was in my interactions with you over the years, I saw a real attention to detail. And I saw somebody who was very bright and caring and really had a good grasp on what they were doing as an advisor. Share with us a little bit about um, your business in the context. I know that you have utilized my services with your clients for disability income. It seems to be an important part of what you do. Share with me a little bit about your philosophy as a certified financial planner and how that fits in to the work that you do for your clients, please.
0: Yep. Yeah. So I'm sure, you know, a lot of folks out there have kind of shared a similar narrative in the sense that, you know, I want to do holistic planning. Um, So when I sit down with a client, whether it's a family or a business, We don't want to just look at, you know, their investments. We don't want to just look at their insurance. We don't want to just look at, you know, their student loans and how they're budgeting. Uh, You know, I want to go over the whole thing because I always say you're only as strong as your weakest link. So Mm -hmm. it's important that, you know, we kind of match all of this together nicely so there's not waste. And, you know, I was brought in right out the gates when I did that internship with a protection first mentality in which we started, you know, the first things I got was my insurance licenses. I got the life license, the health license, um, you know, it was taught, hey, protect people first. And then you can talk to them about growing their money and so forth. And so I always kept that with me. And uh, yeah, as time went on, you know, I had a, a couple of good mentors that um, helped me with disability, like you mentioned, and, and eventually got into the medical space Um, You know, teaching at a lot of hospitals, you know, throughout the tri-state and uh, all those doctors know, hey, disability insurance, that's kind of like the first thing they go after. Um, So that's where I cultivated a lot of relationships and, uh, you know, disability, which you mentioned is a big part of my practice and it fits in with protection first and it fits in with uh, the client base I have, which is a lot of physicians and dentists. And um, they understand that need. So it's just kind of a matter of how quickly can you get it to them.
1: That's awesome. You know, so many times as I work with many different types of advisors, they have all these licenses, investment and insurance licenses. Um, but the majority of them have moved towards a model of focusing in on just gathering assets. Mm-hmm. and um they still in many situations you know market themselves as financial planners but they sometimes don't have that global perspective that big picture view of that weakest link that you are always going to find so it's always refreshing to see an advisor who looks at the big picture, you know, the analogy, I'm sure you've heard it, that I always share. When you look at something so closely in life, we sometimes get a blurred view of it. For instance, I'll look yep. at the ground, I could put a level on it and confirm that the earth is flat. But yep. if I climbed Mount Kilimanjaro in, on at the equator in Africa, at the top of Mount Kilimanjaro, I could start to see the curvature of the earth. Yep. And that's perspective that we need To deliver to our clients. So I think it's so great analogy. Yep. Brian, I I know you've written extensively on economics. Economics is the core of your book. Mm -hmm. Why are you such a big fan of economics? And do people need economic literacy to have a good financial life?
0: Yeah, yeah, no, that's a good question. So I think personally, you know, in college, economics became my favorite subject pretty quickly. And the reason why is as I was learning more and more about it, it just seemed like I was learning about psychology. And it was like, you know, everything that we do, uh, you know, whether it's just you and I and just kind of our daily lives, there's an economic influence to where we're going to have our lunch. You know, are we going to go get a cup of coffee or brew it at home to the careers that we lead and, and everything therein? Uh, all the way up to you know macroeconomics of you know countries kind of having to handle these geopolitical affairs and so forth. So it was like economics invades every aspect of life, whether you like it or not. And I saw that quickly when I was taught in college. And the psychology behind it is like, well, why do we do what we do? You know, why does one school of philosophy work where the other one doesn't, or how do they play together? So I just I love the whole interplay of economics and. Kind of like that was something that you weren't taught growing up, but you learned like, hey, this is kind of why the world is the way it is as we start to learn more about economics. So, uh, you know, my first book I wrote was Millennial Millionaire. That was part memoir, part personal finance um, geared towards the young professional. But as my career went on, I was like, you know, at the end of the day, like everyone always says, what's your Why? it was like the where i think people make good financial moves is when they understand like why they're doing it like what's the point are you just doing it to do it or cuz you read it somewhere like what do you really want out of life at the end of the day and so as i'm doing this as a financial advisor you start to see all of the hot button issues and the current events we're always talking about you know they they're all economic they're all economical and they have an economic influence And so I think that's where in this the latest book, what should I do with my money, which just came out this year, I wanted to put more of a microscope on economics so that people could understand kind of the way the world works in the framework of our whole system and the way that money works. And then once they had kind of a good grasp on that, then I think it's easier to say, okay, now let's talk about your finances And when they say, well, why do this? Why invest there? Why get this product? Why get that? They can start answering those questions because they understand the framework. All right. So it's it's almost like if we handed, you know, kids a football and said, hey, go play. Yeah, they could have a blast just throwing the thing around, but that's it. They're just playing catch. It's like you got to teach them all the ins and outs of the actual game of football to get the most out of it. And I feel like that's what economics is, is kind of that master rule book, if you will.
1: Yeah, that's great. I I, I love your comment. It 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 made me think of an analogy that um, um, you know we're we're trying to play a game against the financial institutions. They know the rules. And sometimes we don't even have a game board. Like, you know, imagine playing chess without a game board. We couldn't do it because yeah. we'd have to yeah. memorize where all, you know, the the, the squares are, et cetera. Yeah. So, you know, delivering those type of tools and that that roadmap or game plan or blueprint, if you will,
0: yeah. is yeah. just
1: the magic sauce that makes you that much more valuable to your clients. Um, really great stuff, Brian. Thank you yeah and that's that.
0: that's kind of the thing to that point is it's like economics and finance they are two different things and and you could almost think of like finance as like the tools that we have at our disposal and then economics kind of being like you know that game board and it's like you need to understand both because if you have the tools but you have no clue where to go with them or how to use them then guess what you're going to make mistakes and, and other people are going to benefit and climb the social ladder when you could be in there, too, if you understood it all. And, and I think that's where economics comes back in.
1: Yeah, it's a, such a great, great lesson to be learned. I I, I remember a great mentor of mine um, made a comment that money isn't math and math isn't money. Yet mm-hmm. they are so often utilized interchangeably. And, and the analogy that I, I like to use is... Well, if I had $100 in the bank and I earned 25% for two years, and this is a trick question, how much money do I have at the end of two years? And most people, if we're using simple interest, will say $150,000. Compound interest, $156,250. But the reality is that uh, I may just have my $100. 100 growing at 100% for one year will bring it to $200. And then a negative 50% for the following year would bring it back to $100. Yet my average rate of return was 25%, 100 Mm -hmm. positive, 50 negative. And these are those lessons that, by delivering your process to people, I know that you're going to be able to get them to understand what is missing. So kudos yep, to yeah. you and for you, you having those types of systems built around the the services that you provide to your clients. In your book, you talk about um, economic motives. Share mm-hmm. with us what you mean by economic motives. I think you call them mice. Which yep. I thought was kind of interesting.
0: Yeah, and it's it's funny because I know at the outset we were talking about the little interview I had with the DEA that didn't didn't really you know go anywhere. Um, so it was probably a little bit before that I had read a book on the CIA, the Central Intelligence Agency, and um, yeah, you know, not that I'm like crazy about this stuff. It was just in that that time frame I, I kind of happened to do a little research on this. So, anyways, I read the book. And the author of it was talking about when he trains the moles, you know, the spies that go behind enemy lines and embed themselves in these criminal empires or terrorist organizations. Like, how do they actually do it? How do they blend in? And he said, you need to follow the mice. And that stood for money, ideology, compromise and ego. And he said, Mm -hmm. those are four triggers that every single human has. It's just these, you know, it's part of our nature. And so if you can understand how they make decisions about money, you know, can they be bought, you know, what, how important is mm. money to them, their ideology, you know, what keeps them up at night, what's their North star, you know, what kind of overrides everything and then compromise, what are they willing to compromise and what would they never compromise on? And then ultimately their ego, which is essentially that, that sense of I, you know, ego's Latin for I, it's, it's all about what is unique to me. And my pride that sometimes can make me just do something stupid that makes no Mm. sense to anybody. But it's my ego that came in and overrode those other three. And so I just always remembered that. And as you get in these debates about economics or you're talking about people, you know, the Jack and Jill's about their finances, um, you just think about that. And, And I like to go back to, hey, we all got these four motives. What do they think about money, their ideology? What can they compromise? What's their ego playing in our conversation? And I think it just gives you a really cool vantage point as you start to study these things.
1: Well, the lens that you look at these conversations through is really quite a good prescription. You know, you yeah. can't go to the ophthalmologist and get that perspective, but the years that you have worked to create this level of expertise makes you a tremendous asset to your clients. Um, very, very interesting stuff. You know, uh, what came to mind as you were talking about the spies was a really cool show that I think you would love. Um, it's called The Spy. It's, um, what's his <laughs> name? I don't know if you've seen it. Um, I have not, no. But um Who's the, um, uh, that crazy actor who's, um, oh, shoot. Well, the the story goes where this Israeli Mossad agent uh, mm-hmm. infiltrates the Syrian government. And uh, he becomes like at a level where he's rising in power. This is a true story. Mm-hmm. Rising in power to a level within the Syrian government where they say the spy actually takes on his alter identity. He loses track of who he was. Wow. I, I'll find the name of the show. It's amazing because it's a true story uh, about this guy. Um, you know, um, I wish I could remember. I wish I could remember. He's yeah, a very yeah. famous guy. He's a very controversial actor, Jewish guy, Um who did all those very, he's hard to watch because he could be very offensive. Um, hmm. Oh, geez. You're probably, I'll look oh, it up.
0: Uh, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll definitely check it out.
1: Yeah, uh, spy. You know, Share with us a little bit, if somebody, you know, being that you have an expertise with doctors, that's a big part of your market. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know you work with many different types of business owners and people. Share with us how people can get in touch with you, Brian.
0: Yep. Yeah. So, um, they ultimately two kind of websites. I have like the professional website is kadernafinancial.com And so people can learn about me, learn about my business, you know, what I do, financial planning and so forth. Uh, the other one that they could check out is just www.briankaderna.com. And that's Brian with a Y. So if they go there, that's a lot more of kind of, what i do beyond business that's my books my writing my podcast um just i always say you know that i define wealth in its original term um or original meaning which is a state of well-being and that's what that website's all about is like we're not just talking money here we're talking health wealth you know the whole nine and that's what i do there so they could go to those websites and then anywhere on social media um you know be kaderna they can follow me and I try and put a lot out there too.
1: Awesome. So tell me what is a, um, an optimal client for you? What is the, um, uh, the, the demographics, who, who are you looking to work with?
0: Yep. Yeah. So, uh, you know, the optimal, obviously I, I like to, not just for the case size and the own self gratification of working with the ultra wealthy, but, I think when you do start to work in those higher echelons, there's just so much more planning potential and a lot more room to kind of almost flex your muscle uh, of your mental muscle of all that you've learned. And mm. it's it's like um, one way to put it and that this isn't that one is better than the other, but it's almost like if you got a, a puzzle that was a 50 piece puzzle and it's like, all right, you know, that was cool. You kind of solved it. You've been there, done that. But then someone gave you a puzzle that was a thousand pieces and it was like, man, I need to kind of do every bit of homework and recall every bit of knowledge I have and really focus in on this thing to piece it all together. Uh, I think that's where I get a lot of joy out of some of these bigger cases. Um, so I think um, it's all about it, the challenge, right? You know, yeah, the challenge. So I, I think someone that's, you know, maybe in the middle of their career, They're, they're not, this is, and again, I work with everybody, but my favorite is when they're kind of in the middle. So they're, they're in their sweet spot. They're on their go. They, they want to do more. They want to get better because they still have a long runway, but they didn't just get started, you know, and that is in kind of that, that higher tier, you know, those seven figure and beyond incomes. Um, And that just allows us to do a lot more. I love entrepreneurial mindsets. So whether that be a doctor or somebody else. Someone that shares that kind of go getter entrepreneurial attitude and then family people. All right. So that person, he's running a business with his wife or whatever, you know, they they got the kids that they're worried about and they want to do estate planning. And um, I I like when it's all there because I feel like that's what I am at home. That's me, you know, wife, kids, business, real estate, all different things going on. I like to kind of see my counterpoint and then get to advise them too.
1: Well, I'm sure that anybody who engages with you um, is going to be well taken care of and uh, happy with the result of engaging with you. No, By the like. way, the <laughs> name of the show was called The Spy, and it was Sasha Baron Cohen.
0: Okay, and I okay. think
1: you'll really enjoy it. I hope you'll watch it. Yeah, I'll and give me out. some feedback on it, because to me, it was the most gripping um, experience, knowing that it was a true story about this Mossad agent who uh, huh. uh, was this spy. Brian, it was a real pleasure uh, speaking with you today. Thank you for joining us on It's Personal, Not Just Business. Um, and thank you, Brian Kaderna, CFP, author extraordinaire. Mm -hmm. all the best to you and yours peace health happiness in the coming holiday season and in 2024
0: thank you so much thank you michael and same to you all the you've been tuning into it's personal not just business with your host michael fliegelman each episode features role models and lessons from other successful financial advisors and brokers Thank you for your positive feedback, comments, questions, and for sharing this show with others.